This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. for Holy Communion, and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I will tell you that uh, for the people that were here earlier today for the baptism, it was a wonderful service, over 100 people here, that this is not the same sermon as you heard this morning. This is a different sermon, so you don't have to uh, slumber behind me tonight. Uh, I'd like to focus on the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, where he said in our gospel this evening, in the world you will have tribulation. These are the words of Jesus at the end of our gospel lesson, and they speak to, the, to his power, to what, what he will do for us in terms of what he has done for us in terms of overcoming this world, helping us as we face tribulation. Our Lord here is preparing the disciples for the approaching day in which he would be gone. This coming Thursday night with the ascension service 40 days after Easter. This is what the apostles were looking to, what Jesus was looking to, that he would leave them. He would go forth up into heaven and his disciples would do as he did, but this time going throughout the entire world by the power of the Spirit to proclaim the gospel. They would take the teaching and training, if you think about it, that they had from Jesus over the last three years in Israel, beyond the borders of the land, beyond the borders of the promised land, unto the entire earth, fulfilling the fact that Jesus Christ indeed is our new promised land, spread throughout the world. The mission of the apostles was most profound. Take what the Lord Jesus Christ had taught them for three years, the telling of the Holy Spirit that would come ten days after the ascension, and now go to every corner of the world, places they would never have thought of going to before. Such is how the kingdom of God spreads, through the servants of God, through imperfect vessels, people like Peter, Thomas, Paul, all of us. God never sends us, if you think about it, to the easy places. If anything, our mission that extends the original work of the apostles so long ago and to the ends of the world is to proclaim Jesus in our own lives in the most unlikely places. God does the impossible in our eyes with ease. He conquers as he always has. Canaan was not an easy place to enter and conquer for the Hebrew people. Egyptian bondage was not something easy to break out of. The list goes on in Holy Scripture in terms of God delivering his people. Same is true today. Nothing comes easy, but all is possible in Jesus Christ that has overcome this world. When we preach the gospel in word and in deed, we will encounter trouble, tribulation, and backlash from the enemies of the cross. 
Yet just as God has done since the beginning, he changes the hardest of hearts to serve him in love and faith. This evening, let us see how we can better live in Jesus Christ to present him, even when we encounter tribulation. First, when we go into this world around us as we are called as Christians, we must do so in constant and steadfast prayer. And that is one of the themes of this Sunday, rogation, Sunday, rogation, meaning prayer. These next three days are days of prayer and preparation for the coming ascension of Jesus Christ. In short, we are called as Christians to ask, to ask for his help in everything. Rogation, after all, means to ask. Our Lord Jesus Christ said in our gospel, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. To be able to go through tribulation, we must have the joy of Jesus Christ. We must ask in prayer for his joy. It's impossible to muster joy on our own in the middle of our trying circumstances. It is something, again, we have to ask for. Our Lord, through the Spirit, gives us joy in everything we encounter, in every place. In John 15, 11, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. He is speaking here in the context of verse 10 regarding keeping his commandments, those things he has taught them over the last three years. As we read today in our gospel as he is about to ascend. In loving obedience to his words, his joy is in us. This joy we have is indeed full. It is full in the sense that no matter what we endure for the sake of Jesus Christ, we know he has redeemed us already. We know that he has overcome all that we go through and more, and that truly nothing can separate us from his love and his joy. Yet we must ask, how can one have full joy while enduring the sufferings this world deals to us? For the Christian, we see the suffering we endure as a mere trifle compared to what Jesus took upon himself at the cross. As he took great joy in suffering for us to save us from our sin, we too can take joy. We, can too, we too can take heart. We suffer with him. We have joy in him. This joy we are given as a gift is not insanity. It is a sure joy of the promise of glorified bodies, resurrected bodies, the crown of eternal life. It is the type of joy we see with St. Stephen as he is being murdered for preaching the gospel. As Stephen could, through the power of God, see Jesus at the right hand in glory awaiting him, so too are we assured of Christ seated in power awaiting our time awaiting our service for him that is all to his glory and to the spread of the kingdom. In the joy we have, we are to keep our eyes and our hearts not inward, not looking around us, but heavenward, while we do the humble work of the gospel, going to places that are not easy. No matter how dirty we may get or how much we endure for the sake of Christ, our joy is truly of a heavenly nature, transcending whatever we are going through in the moment. 
Second, after our joy in Jesus and the mission of this life to spread the gospel is that in Christ, as we read in the gospel, we may have peace. This peace of the soul that the Holy Spirit gives and instills in us enables us to face any trouble, any task, with a resolution, a resolution that is complete in Christ. When we are doing the will of God in Jesus, we are in true peace. When we are living in his love by his commandments, we live in peace. Jesus in our passage tells the disciples that he has told them all of these things so that in him they might have peace as they face this world. When we receive his words in faith and in joy, we have peace. Even though we may be facing troubling times, tribulations for the sake of Christ, he instills a real sense of peaceful security into the hearts of his people. As our Lord said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. When we fulfill the great commission in all that we say and do, we are in obedience to our Savior. When we are obeying Jesus Christ, we have nothing to fear. We know the mission fully and completely as revealed plainly in the word of God. In any endeavor, when we are under orders to do something, if you think about it, it's much easier to do so when we know what we are doing and why we are doing it. When the mission is clear, when the mission is understood by those responsible to carry it out, we can do it with certainty and a peace, knowing that what we do is for a purpose, that our efforts will not be wasted. This is the way of the cross. This is the way that Jesus Christ has given us in the Great Commission. When we find ourselves, though, doing something without clear instruction, without a clear purpose, can be very troubling and taxing. Often we feel as if our time in such endeavors is being wasted. Often it brings us great anxiety and fear to do something that has no purpose, that has no direction. But in Christ, we are through the word and the indwelling of the spirit doing all things in his clarity and full assurance that what we do for him is never wasted. All we do in Jesus Christ and his mission or great commission is certain. It is secure by him. Jesus in our passage today and really the whole Bible gives us the blueprint to true peace of action in life. When fulfilling his word in the lives we live, we find peace. Even when we encounter the difficulties we all encounter, those in Christ doing his will find the peace to keep going under his care. Lastly, we see in the last line of our gospel today that Jesus tells us to be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, to quote the King James Version. Also, as we read in our version, it means to take heart. No matter what we face in this world through our joy and peace in him, we are to take heart, to be of good cheer. Our Lord is calling us to fulfill his commission to go into the entire world from the standpoint that he's already overcome it. And he sends us in 
The accounts we read of the life of Jesus in the four Gospels are there for a real purpose, to bring all of us good cheer, to give us boldness of heart. See, every miracle and every word of Jesus Christ showed fully how he overcame the world at every little turn of his life. He overcame the ailments that racked people's bodies and healing them. All his words and life were the, for the purpose of overcoming the enemies of darkness. By his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, we can be truly of good cheer as we follow in his footsteps to every corner of the world, living, doing his word. How are we in terms of our good cheer? as we do the work of Jesus Christ as his body, the church. When we seek all things in the love of Jesus, we are cheerful. When we seek things in a spirit, though, that lacks love, we will only become miserable. Misery is to complain about everything rather than taking up our own cross in cheer, to take heart, to do, rather than to simply speak as we learned in our lesson today in James. The tribulations we all face are real. With the gospel, nothing is easy. It is difficult. When we resort to being miserable and doing and complaining about things that have nothing really to do with spreading the kingdom through the preaching of the gospel, we do ourselves and our fellow believers a horrible disservice. We must be careful to not create tribulations due to our own unwillingness to be joyful, to be full of Christ's peace, to be full of his good cheer. The tribulations we are to face for Jesus are such that will result by his power into turning a lack of joy, a lack of peace, a lack of cheer due to sin to a full joy, to a full peace, to a full cheer through Christ. Jesus transforms this world around us through the footsteps of his people, through the words of his people communicating the gospel to bring his joy, his peace, and his cheer. We enter this world every day bearing the sword of the Spirit, proclaiming salvation to the lost in Christ. God calls us not to the easy strongholds, but to the hard ones that we would normally avoid. Yet God provides the victory through his son, Jesus Christ. He calls us to obedience. He calls us to go to places we think are not worth it. God provides the tearing down of walls and the strongholds of darkness. In Christ, we are to face every day full of his good cheer that he has called us to such a great salvation. And he has called us to go forth to preach. Just as in the Old Testament, God calls us as his church to encounter in his name all the strongholds that we face in this world to conquer through his son. We tend to look at things through the eyes of attacking only what we think we can handle, only that which will bring least resistance. Yet the call is to preach in his joy and his peace, full of his cheer. No matter how big the fortress looks, the call is to act and live by faith and to do all these things by faith. 
When the 12 spies, if you remember from the story, were sent into the promised land, 10 of them came back to the people and wanted to turn away and run because they thought it was too hard a land to conquer because of the people in the land. As we read, two of the spies in the story had faith, resolution in God, knowing God would come to bring down the hardest of defenses of sin and death. Joshua and Caleb looked at what the Lord had set before them in the land with good cheer. They took heart. They knew God would deliver it by his power into the hands of his chosen people. How do we look at where we live, where God has placed us as his church? Do we look around in fear as the ten spies that thought it was too hard? Or do we look around the neighborhoods we live as Joshua and Caleb, knowing God will do his work through us to his glory in establishing or reestablishing his kingdom in this part of the world? As a parish, we will be better used by God if we ask, if we ask in prayer for the fortresses of darkness in our church and around our church to be lifted to be defeated, to be converted to his love. We ask for this so that our joy may be full. As a church, we will be better used by God if we are in peace as we reach those in our city in Jesus Christ. We seek his peace and all through preaching his gospel to all we encounter. As a church, we will be better used by God if we see that he has overcome this world, and that all we do here as his body, the church, is to be done with good cheer, to take heart, defeating the enemy, not through the weapons of this world, but through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And defeating the enemy through the gospel is indeed hard, laborious work. But it is assured in Jesus Christ alone by the work of the Holy Spirit doing what we cannot do, bringing joy, bringing peace, and bringing cheer to those that are in darkness to pull them out of darkness. May God use us as his church to convey his gospel in the places in our lives he has put us in joy, peace, and good cheer. Amen.